But Grace Life, we uh, we call this feasting on the word together. And we always like to, after a word, kind of get together and go, hey, what stood out for you? Because sometimes what stood out for you isn't uh, what stood out for me. Um, I think one of the things that really stood out for me and blessed me were, and was encouraging was just how passionate the speakers are. And, you know, we had we started off with uh, Pastor Isaac, we went on to Pastor Greg, and we had... Um, uh, uh, Dylan Moffat is pastoring in, in Michigan and um, every single one, I know I'm missing someone, Mark Matchin from Alabama, everyone was just so practical, so so it was such a blessing. Um, ben says, when I said about not being in, uh, in the entertainment business, but the goal is to equip and edify, very powerful, thank you. Uh, that, that for me has really always been a, um, a focal point especially but especially in recent times i met a missionary recently and um and we've just started a um a school of missions here uh, at our house and in our uh, part of our garage we've converted into a bit of a dormitory and we have a living experience for three months and we have three guys in there we have a girl staying in an apartment close by and we're equipping them and we're investing into them and we're taking them on mission tomorrow morning we leave at 4 a.m for the airport and we're taking them to rural KwaZulu-Natal, where um, we're going to uh, go and uh, train pastors in discipleship. And we're going to go and do some outreach and things like that, too. But we're really um, uh, excited about it. And the reason I'm, I'm sharing that with you is because, you know, it, it, it's connected to church planting. You know, uh, 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 we're going for this based on um, uh, going to these rural places and stuff. To, to, to make disciples and as disciples come together, then, you know, uh, and the leader, a pastor rises up in there and you equip them, then there's a gathering which forms and, and it forms a community, a church. And, you know, often we, we have the wrong um, perspective on these things. And we met a, in the whole thing, we met a, a missionary who's, who's also part of the training. And he, he was you know, just saying, you know, it, it's sad how we can get so sucked into the, the, the show business of church and we kind of focus on it as show business. And there's a huge temptation to kind of go in that direction. We had um, a couple of the speakers talking about it uh, here and there where they, they, they brought out how, you know, they've gone to, uh, I think that's what um, Greg Moore said, you can go to a church planting conference or a church leadership conference or something and come out feeling this big when you compare yourself to others because you're not doing as much as everyone else. Or you're not as big as everyone else. And we, we need to not compare ourselves among ourselves because it's vital that we're focused on doing what God's called us to do. And everywhere we go, we'd have a different context. You know, the context, the culture, the everything is going to determine what it looks like, not what someone else has done. And, and so we need to make sure we're, 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 we're doing what we're doing and not comparing ourselves to what someone else is doing. Um, Anyhow, so, so that, that whole focus in on, on the business, entertainment business thing is huge. I went to a, 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 a big church for um, some, some uh, church leadership training. Some people in the, in the meeting here, uh, like Peter, I can see that you're here. And some others were, were part, they joined me on that trip and we went and you know, they focused in on, you know, this is how you focus on your worship. This is how you focus on the kids' church. It's all practical things that we as pastors 
desire to know and want to know and it's helpful amen we like we we, we ask those kind of questions because we're we, they, they're important components but when you make those things the main thing it ends up really um not being healthy yeah it ends up that you you, you you're focusing on the wrong thing yeah what uh, dylan said last night is is really powerful and that was um we we need to uh focus in on discipleship and then churches form and yeah that, that's the purpose one one of my purposes of our time together is to, to 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 look at what are we called to we're not called to plant churches we're called to to uh, make disciples and as we make disciples churches form and then we need to form churches we around that those people around that gathering and 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 look after those people and equip those people and and minister to those people and mobilize those people for the mission of what we're doing for the mission of the gospel and I'll, I'll probably get into that a bit now in a bit, but you know, Timothy and Sarah say the importance of discipleship. You know, and, and, and I think we can't underestimate. That's what stands out for them. I cannot underestimate the importance of discipleship. You know, I think during COVID um, uh, lockdown and stuff, some churches closed down. And I know of some churches that closed down and they weren't really involved in, in active discipleship. They weren't, they weren't, wholeheartedly going for that and so when when the government whichever nation they were in said you can't meet they ceased to exist <laughs> and you know for us as grace life we were we've always been focusing on discipleship and we were getting ready for even a greater focus and thrust in discipleship so when our government said you can't meet we met online and did an intense discipleship training week and we had uh, at least one church burst out of that. We had many new groups online forming out of that. And, uh, uh, you know, once we were able to meet in person again, we had another church start. And it's just like things started to grow because the, 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 they can't close the church down for real. You know, it's, it's, it's just the gathering which they're uh, prohibiting. The church continues, uh, 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 even if we have to, uh, go underground even if we're just uh, connecting online even if we're just reaching out to people online or going to our neighbors and we love in person but it's not an in-person concert it's uh, it's not an online concert that we're we're, we're, we're substituting for an in-person concert we're, we're substituting online uh, uh, in-person uh, uh, fellowship and connection for online fellowship and connection and and on and in-person teaching and and instruction for um online teaching and instruction and i agree it's not nice <laughs> to have to go online but here we are and uh, uh, it, it works it works you know two three years ago when we did church planting school it was a full week it was uh, uh in person in alabama you know, we had people around the world contacting us wanting to join in wanting to receive wanting to grow wanting to learn and we could only like uh, we had a couple of americans come we had people from across the, the the continent of america coming we had a handful of uh, uh south africans come they were not a handful they were just a number uh, a handful in, in number and they came and uh, um you know it, it was awesome it was a great time we had ben conway who came from across the the pond and uh, from england and we had a great time together but here we're able to equip and invest into so many more and in person is always better but praise god for 
what we can do with technology to disciple people, to advance the kingdom. And Elise says, as many people, as many perspectives, I think it's all about being surrendered and listening to how Holy Spirit leads. Amen. You know, I, I agree 100%. And what I love is hearing how from different people, how they have um, heard the Holy Spirit and how they've embraced and how they've adapted, how they've got a word from God and have gone in the direction. And, you know, you can learn a lot from how someone else has done it, how someone else has followed God, uh, 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 how someone else has adapted uh, 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 ministry and things to um, uh, whatever, you know, but, um, and how they've kind of advanced and you can not, it's, it's not good to just copy them, but pray, prayerfully consider in maybe what they've done and see how the Lord would have you do it. You know, for us, I think it's important for me to, to get into this, but for us, I, um, uh, I was in first year of Bible school, uh, uh, in Karis Bible college in Colorado, um, and my fiance at the time was in South Africa doing first year correspondence. And uh, <clears throat> it was in December of 2009 when God spoke to me and said, what, you know, spoke to me about being a pastor and planting a church. And at first I wasn't too keen on that because I knew pastors. I had been involved in churches. I wasn't keen on that. I wanted to be a teacher of the word. I wanted to travel. I wanted to have a ministry outside of church. And God said, you know, like he said, the question he asked me was, if you could do anything, what would you do? And I said, basically shepherding, discipling, you know, uh, equipping people. And, uh, you know, he said, what do you call that? And, and I said, it's a pastor, but I don't want to do that. That's not what I want to be, you know. Because of maybe not having such a lot of good examples in my life. And, you know. As I stepped into that, um, or before we stepped into that, I came back to South Africa, got married, and a number of, or before we got married, a number of people came to me and said, you know, I don't know what you're doing now that you're back from Bible school, apart from getting married, but God's spoken to me and said, I should be part of what you're doing. And we had a handful of people who were keen to, to, to just connect with us and, and do whatever we're going to do. They weren't involved in other churches. They weren't part of other churches. They were kind of floating, but God had spoken to them. So I said, well, God's doing something. We want to plant a church in two years time when we finished ministry or Bible school. So let's maybe get these people together and let's maybe talk about like and pray about how do we plant a church and when do we plant a church and what are we going to do until then? So, you know, the, like you can you can plan I, I, don't, I don't know how to, to appropriately say plan the hell out of something. I, I know that in America that's bad, but you can plan the juice out of something. I don't know what an alternative would be, so I apologize. But you can plan the juice out of something. You can plan the life out of something. There we go. And, 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 and we tend to do that because we want everything to be perfect. And, you know, he who plans to uh, fails to plan, plans to fail, like I think John Maxwell says. So planning is important. But what's more important is following the lead of the Holy Spirit. You know, John chapter 10, it said, Jesus speaking, I'm not going to read that. Jesus speaking, and he says, you know, my sheep do hear my voice. You hear God's voice. And this is the key to success in church planting, to success in ministry, is your relationship with the Father and hearing the Spirit speaking to you, knowing what he's saying on your heart. 
I mean, that's, that's how we finished off last night where um, Dylan Moffat was, was speaking about how he had started off and, and he thought, let's meet at this location. And he really just didn't have peace with it. And then he felt the spirit lead him to, to rather meet in his much smaller home. And as soon as they were meet, started meeting in his home, you know, it, it felt right. It was like, this is good. Like the spirit led him and it was right. And for that season, it was good. You know, we, we started off, we got together was going to be six people just gathering together on a Sunday evening during when other churches meet. And we were just going to pray together and chat about it and fellowship. And one of the guys contacted me and said, would you, is this a closed meeting or can I invite someone? Now, in a month's time, I'm going to be getting married at this time. And, uh, uh, at the end of that year, that was August, at the end of that, uh, it was July, at the end of the year, I'm looking to, to um, uh, go, go to, minister, to Bible school and finish off Bible school. And then when I'm finished, I'm, I'm looking to plant a church. And now this guy is asking me, is this a closed meeting or can I invite someone? And I was like, if I say this is a closed meeting, it feels a bit cultish. And I, I remember just sitting there thinking, I don't know what to do with this. Lord, if I, if I say no, don't invite him. It feels like a cult. And if I say yes, it's a church service. Like I'm going to have to minister to him because I know this guy that he wants to invite. And so I said, you know what? Bring him. We'll have a bit of worship. I'll bring my guitar and, and, and I'll um, uh, prepare a word and we can talk about church planting another time. So we met together, worship. I preached on the true nature of God and, and God is love and he's came, Jesus came and dealt with sin and all of that. And at the end of the, the discussion, this guy says, you know, asked a, a question which revealed that he had got the message of the gospel. He, it, he got it. And I said, that you, I, I said to him, you've got it. That's the right question. I said, come back next week. <laughs> we weren't planning on it next week. I said, come back next week and I'll answer that question. Yeah. And, uh, and so then um, Grace Life was born that day. You know, a month later, we got married and we just carried on. We, we, we went to Bible school. We had to just keep driving backwards and forwards every week, three hours to, to, to pastor the church. And you know what? It was exciting, but it was what God led us to. We didn't read that in a book. The worst thing that you can do in wanting to start a, a church is go and read a book and copy it. Read a book, get inspired, do a church planting school or a conference, be inspired, learn, but don't try and copy it. Follow God. That is one of the most important keys for success in the Christian life is know what God is saying to us. But at the same time, be humble enough to learn from someone who's gone ahead of you. you know, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And if we humble ourselves, I think um, Greg Moore brought the scripture in. If we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he will lift us up in due time. So you know, if we're wanting that exaltation, then we've got to uh, 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 humble ourselves and go contact someone like uh, Dylan did. I mean, Dylan had uh, three years of, uh, of Karis Bible College under his belt, and uh, he was ready to go. And he came to me and said, you know, can you, you mentor me? Can, can you disciple me? Can you walk with me? I'm, I'm called to plant churches. And I want to plant a church. And I said, great, let's, let's do this. And we walked together. 
And I don't have three years of Bible school. I have two years. So he's a little bit ahead of me if you want to kind of grade according to, to, to Bible school qualifications. But it's not about that. Yeah, it's about humility. It's about the heart. It's, a, it's about what have you done? What fruitfulness do you have? And he saw something in me and he was like, I want to learn from that. And now he, he's doing some things which I would have never thought of doing. And he's doing things according to the way that God's leading him and it's working. Yeah, even if you know, uh, we had a good question last night about taking over a church and, and um, uh, all of that. And even in that situation, like Greg said, you honor the, the leaders that went before and, and, and you, you, you kind of don't try and change too much and you keep the, the DNA of the house, et cetera, et cetera. But you also seek God and, and, and you find out what is it that God's, how is God wanting you to lead in this, you know, and then if you're still submitted to a leader or something like that, you just check things in with them and you remain in relationship and, and but but you got to realize you're hearing from god not from from someone else you know in in, in I, I love the, the 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 story of of eli and samuel and uh, in this 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 session I, i'm really just talking about scripture we're not reading it but uh, uh this is church planning school or conference so so you guys can go and look it up and, and read it for yourself i just feel led to to, to, to share some things from the word, which would really bring practical tools. And I'm still going to read some of those things in the chat now of what stood out for you. <coughs> Excuse me. But you know, Eli and Samuel is a great example, a great lesson for us. Okay. You know, um, you have um, uh, 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 Samuel dedicated to the Lord and, and brought to the temple. And, um, uh, uh, you know, he's sleeping the one night and he hears... His, the Lord calls him. He hears himself, call, uh, his name, Samuel. What does he do? He gets up and he runs to, to, to the priest, to Eli. And he says, um, uh, 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 you called me. You know, what can I do for you? Because he was a servant in the temple. And uh, Eli says to him, you know what? Um, uh, 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 I didn't call you, go back to bed. And this, you know, this happens three times. And then uh, the third time, uh, uh, Eli like catches a wake up. I mean, he's half asleep, so we, we mustn't be too hard on him. <laughs> but but like he realizes, okay, this boy keeps running, and you're hearing my, him me calling his voice. I'm not calling his voice, and and he realizes that 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 God is calling him, and so he says, son, you know when when you hear the voice, this is the Lord calling you. So when you hear the voice of God calling you, say yes, Lord, your servant is listening, and be attentive. Hear what he has to say to you. So it happens the next time. And instead of running to his man of God, Samuel then says, here I am, your, uh, your servant is listening. And then God speaks a word to him. And, and, and it's a prophetic word about what's going to happen to Eli and to his sons and, 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 and more about his destiny. And, and I mean, that's just such a powerful message for all of us as leaders. For all of us as, um, as pastors, not to get caught up in the work of God that we neglect the God of the work. Not to be so familiar with the house of God that we're not familiar with the God of the house. 
You know, Samuel grew up in the temple. He knew how to light the candle and, and do this and do that and serve this and the honor, the, do the feasts and all the rituals and all that. I'm sure he was well acquainted with them, but he did not know the voice of God. And when God spoke, he didn't discern it was God speaking. Because this is the thing, you know, the verse, God's voice, he doesn't speak to us in, in, in thunder and in, and in the fire and in these big demonstrations or an earthquake. It's the still small voice. And if we aren't taking time to grow in discerning that still small voice, what is God saying to me? Not just for my ministry, but for my life, for my family. Like if, if, if we're not attentive and discerning to that, then how on earth can we expect to hear from heaven to, to minister from a, at a pulpit to people? You know, we, we can't expect to feed people and have them grow if we're not feeding and we're not growing. There was a, 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 a I think Mark Matchin said, you know, if, you're, if you are not growing, your church is not growing. But, but like, if, if you're not hearing from, from the Lord and knowing his voice, you're, you're really just more likely involved in religion. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying your ministry isn't accomplishing maybe some good things. I'm not saying that, that you're not impacting people. But maybe you've just learned to, to, to talk the talk and walk the walk, but it's not motivated and coming from this relationship with God where it's an overflow of this is my relationship with you. It's not an overflow of your life. No, none of us want that. None of us want to get to that place where we know the mechanics of church planting. We know the mechanics of, of ministry. We know we've read every John Maxwell book there is. We know how to deal with people. We know how to win with people. We know how to, 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 to lead ourselves and all of that type of stuff. But we don't know the voice of God. You know, we, we, that, that, that would be a very poor testimony. And a lot of the time, you can pick up in people's messages when they've gotten there. You can pick it up. I mean, we went to a very well-oiled church service once <laughs> where they were training us on how to do this and how to do that and all of this. And, you know, eventually we went to one of their services. And, I mean, it was perfect. You know, the lights, the, the everything that they had, the, the mood, the the coffee, the, the seat was comfortable. We were welcomed nicely. You know, the, 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 the worship was, was, was perfect with regards to the flow. And, you know, and the, the pastor ele elegantly and eloquently came on and delivered what he needed to deliver. And it was kind of, you had your take home. The, the message was well-structured. It was, it was like well-oiled. This, you know, it was good, like well. But we all, the team that I went with, all came back with the same uh, observance. And that was, it still felt like something was missing. And it's not a judgment on that pastor and, and on his relationship with God. But, but, but I learned something in that. And that is that I don't want to just be so well oiled with my services and, and be able to run them so slickly that I lose the, the spirit in it of what is God wanting to do in the now? We've got our rhythms. Rhythms aren't wrong. Routines aren't wrong. But religion is. And if we make the, the, the way we minister to people a religious thing, 
we, we've become no better than an imam. We've become no better than, than, than a Mormon pastor or whatever they would call them. Because now all we're doing is just delivering a, a, a ritual in a different package, in a Christian package. And it may bring salvation at the end of it, but it's not bringing life, eternal life to the individual now. We've got, like uh, uh, Pastor Isaac said in the beginning of yesterday, we've got a message of life. We've got the gospel. This is our message. And the message of the gospel brings life. It determines the harvest. It determines the seed. It brings relationship with God. And now that I have relationship with God, I want other people to experience what I experienced. Yeah, in starting a church, I, I like to explain uh, our testimony like this. I got a revelation of grace, of the goodness of God, and I couldn't keep it to myself. And that's, that's honestly what happened. I told you the, the kind of step-by-steps of it. But I was just like, when I got a revelation of grace, you couldn't shut me up. I was encouraging this one and, 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 and doing this and sharing grace with everyone and going for it out of the overflow of what God was doing in my life. I had a passion that no one could, could put out. There was a fire lit in me that no one could stamp a trample on. And I was just like, I need to tell people like this. It was, I was so radical that I had church leadership pull me aside and go, you can't teach that. You know, and I was like, I'm sorry. I know I, I didn't realize I was doing wrong. This is your church. And so I kind of like backed off a bit until God called me out of there. But the point is, is that, that, you know, if you get set on fire, you know, you, you're going to go for it. You, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to fly. And, and the overflow of the passion of what God's doing in your life and your relationship with him is going to impact others. But relationship with God isn't just you walking around with your smoking handbag and your incense and being able to do the rituals. You know, we dunk completely and we dunk three times or, you know, we, we serve communion like this or like that. And, you know, all of these things, like we worship this, you raise your hands, you put your hands. We, we're not into that. Christianity is a relationship. We're, we're here to help people to connect in relationship to God. Yeah, it's a real relationship. And if, if, if we're not experiencing that relationship and ministering from the place of it's life to me, I hear from God, you know, then, then, then what are we doing? If, if I'm not like sit, when I sit down with someone and, and counsel them, if I'm kind of like, okay, well, I was trained and I deal with this situation like this and ask this question and approach it like this, that's all helpful. I've been trained in stuff like that. And it's helpful. But what's more helpful is one word from God in that moment. Because one word from God can change that individual's life forever in that one moment without hours and hours of counsel. You know? Um, in church services, we've, we've got the Holy Spirit, guys. We, we, we've got the power of the Spirit in us to be able to deliver this to people. And, you know, often what happens is, 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 is we're trying to dress up a Sunday gathering, a Sunday service in such a way to attract people, to keep people. And I love what Raymond Bonke said. I love what he said. He said, the less Holy Spirit you have, the more tea and cake you need and i mean that that that's exactly right on the money a lot of churches they've got the spirit in them they've got the spirit with them and they you know they believe in tongues and gifts and all of this but but they're not exercising their right to hear from god 
They're not flowing in. What is God saying to us now and, and allowing a flow of the spirit? And as a result, what's happening? Hey, let's bring out a, 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 a smoke machine. Let's bring out a and the smoke machines aren't wrong. I'm just using it as an example. But a lot of people bring things in like that. Hey, let's bring ice cream in. You know, we've brought in ice cream to the services. It's not a, a sin. But I'm saying if we're using those things to try and uh, get people excited about church, then then, then, then they shouldn't be excited about our church because we shouldn't be needing those gimmicks and gizmos to, to try and keep people. We need to be hearing from God. God, what do the people need? Whenever I'm preparing a message, for, for, for especially if I'm going to a, a, another church and I'm ministering in someone else's church, I always ask them what would be helpful. And most times people are like, well, whatever's on your heart, or they'll tell me this is what I'm currently dealing with or uh, not dealing with, but, but preaching on in our church, but whatever's on your heart. And I'll pray about it and I'll be like, okay, God, even if I've got a topic, but what within this topic or what is on your heart for these people? Because he knows those people better than I know the, the, those people. And I'm not coming just to preach my best message. I'm coming to, to minister what's on God's heart. The same thing with church planting. If the aim is making disciples, establishing believers in the truth of the word, re reaching the lost and establishing the found in relationship with God, then what's going to happen? Church is going to form. And you're not going to need the, 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 the bells and the whistles to try and keep people. I love bells and whistles. Many of you love bells and whistles. But we've we got to be honest. If, we, if we, we attract people through bells and whistles, and we try, we're going to have to try and keep people through bells and whistles. And, and, and I don't want to do that. You know? And I'm sure you don't want to do that. We need to be receiving from God and overflowing towards people from God. Um, Jonathan, one of our um, Grace Ambassador students says, we don't live for the purpose of merely responding to our calling. Example, I'm called to be an evangelist. It's, it's a, about a love. I, I love these people, therefore I go. You know, that is, that is really on the money as well. It's, it's, it's so important for us to see that my gift of teaching isn't for me to get through a good message and teach. My gift of teaching is so that you can be taught, so that you can learn something. And if you get this with regards to spiritual gifts, spiritual abilities, then you, you, you're going to start to see much more fruitfulness in your ministry. The gift that you've got isn't the purpose of that is not for you to use that gift. It's not about you. It's about the people that you would minister to. Once again, I love what Reynard Bonke says. I don't know why I'm quoting him so, so much now, but I love what he says about spiritual gifts. He says, spiritual gifts are not badges of honor to be worn on a Sunday. They're tools to get the job done. They're tools to get the job done. So, so we need to, to recognize them as tools and we need to exercise them as tools, not badges of honor. You know, it's fine to acknowledge this person's got such and such a gift and it's, it's amazing and, you know, be ready to receive. It's nothing wrong with that. I'll give honor where honor is due and, 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 and enjoy it like that. But the point is, is that, that we need to see that, that this is just a tool that we've been given by God to be able to do a work. Mature the saints. Equip the saints. Amen. Yeah, you know, I, I, um, I, I have a friend I was talking to about uh, uh, teaching. And um, he was going to come and teach in our church. And, and he said to me, um, 
are you into the the house church movement like uh, do, do you like the house church movement and i said well I said, I think, you know, all of our churches have pretty much started out in a house, but they've all grown to the place where we've rented other venues. And, and so we've outgrown house churches. You know, in Albania, we still have a house church, but, you know, it's not wrong. It's just the way it is, culture and stuff, but it, it works. And I said, so, you know, I think that things should grow, but, you know, I'm not against it. I'm just not aiming at it. And he was like, shoo, I'm so um, relieved because I just really don't enjoy ministering in a house church because, um, you know, there's a lot more interaction and you, you kind of get interrupted in your teaching. And, you know, I've got a teaching that God's given me and that I need to get through. And in that moment, I can hear his heart and I understand it's not nice to be interrupted. I mean, that's why we're using Zoom webinars <laughs> because there's less distractions. It's, you know, uh, uh, yesterday when I was teaching... The, the internet kept dropping. That's why I've changed my camera, hoping that it's, uh, uh, that's going to help. And, you know, uh, it, it was disruptive for me to constantly have these interruptions. And, you know, if someone puts up their hand in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a meeting and wants to ask a question, it can be disruptive. I've had that before. But our purpose isn't to get, our, get through our wonderfully crafted message. Our, our purpose is to make sure people are receiving and people are understanding. And so, you know, yes, there's times where we just need to get through the information that we've got. Yes, there's times when we're not going to take a question and allow disruption. Yes, there's times when uh, uh, we might not have interaction and we might just get through what we need to get through. But there, there, there's times when we actually need to know and understand where individuals are and, and by the questions that they're asking so that we can better minister to them and help them grow from where they are to where they need to be. And that's really what I believe ministry is. Ministry isn't a pulpit. Ministry isn't a, a, a church building. Ministry is us identifying where an individual is at and then ministering to them where they are at, helping them get from where they are to where they need to be. Yeah. And so it's, 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 it's very challenging in a, in a big group to, to have to minister to many different people at many different phases and stages of their maturity in Christ, you know, and, and Ben Conway has a great teaching on which, which is really helpful to understand this with regards to milk and meat. And, you know, you've got to feed some people milk. You've got to feed some people meat. And, you know, finding that balance in a bigger group is, is, is challenging, even in a small group, if it's diverse, if it, there's a variety of individuals there. But here's the thing. It's easy when you're relying on the Holy Spirit. When you're, when you're hearing what the Spirit is saying. Now, I've had it. I, I say this, I, I use myself as an example because I, I trust it's helpful. It's not to bring any honor to myself. But when I prepare a message, <clears throat> when, when, you know, I, I, I love preparing. I, I, I have my points and I have my verses. I try and copy and paste all my verses into my notes so that I save time because then I get more air time. <laughs> so I try and cram more in, more in for your money. You know, uh, you get more bang for your buck with me because I, I, I'll copy and paste my verses into my notes so that I don't have to take time to turn there. And uh, if I can, I'll also try and put them on the screen so that you don't, you can follow and you don't have to take time to turn there. Or I encourage you just to write down the, the references so, you know, we can really just get into it. Okay. But here's the thing. I don't sit and often, once or twice I've written down an example. 
And I've said, give this example or whatever. But most of the time, I don't do that. Most of the time, uh, I, I, I just put my scriptures down and a few points maybe. And, and in the moment, I'm, 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 I'm sensing the Holy Spirit lead me in this direction or lead me in that direction. And, and in the moment, I'm not just uh, um, a well-trained orator. I'm not just a well-trained uh, uh, public speaker. That's important. That's very important. But we are much more than that as ministers of the gospel. We are ministers of the gospel. We are ambassadors of Christ. We need to hear from heaven, not just as to how someone else planted a church or how someone else delivered a message, but we need to, to learn how to do it in partnership with him. So many of the examples that I use are thought up on the spot. I mean, some of you know me, sometimes I get stuck. I'm like, I need a good example for this, you know. But, but a lot of the examples that I think up, are, 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 I'm amazed at how applicable they are to the people in the room. And, you know, yes, I could pray about it beforehand. And the examples that I write down could be, uh, um, you know, still applicable to the people in the room because God knows who's going to come and whatever. But the point is, this is how God works with me. Okay, it doesn't have to be like this for you. I'm not telling you to copy this. I'm just saying being spirit led has a greater uh, fruitfulness. Rather than, okay, you know, uh, having a manual and going, okay, what, what do I do next? We've got people like this from, from, from uh, uh, this culture in the room. Let me see what type of message. That's helpful, but the spirit knows what they need. Okay, more than what someone did that studied out on them. So it's really important to, to take note of these things. Um, Gideon says, um, uh, what stood out for him is that a church plant is not a business to make money, but to fulfill the Great Commission. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know, I, I'm sure um, uh, the other uh, speakers have, ex have testimonies like mine, but uh, you know, it's, it's sad for me that that, that that would be one of the number one things that... that um, <sighs> Aspiring church planters and pastors, that's sometimes their biggest fear and biggest question. What about the money? And it's important. We need to talk about it. Yeah, we need to talk about like, how do you take offerings in a new church plant? How do you, uh, what do you do with the money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How do you manage that? If you've got questions like that, I encourage you to find someone who's doing what you want to do and ask them to mentor you. Ask them a few questions. I can't meet up with everyone. Ben can't meet up with anyone. Mark can't meet up with everyone. But if you, meet, if you develop relationship with, with, with one of us or someone like us, you're able to glean from their experience and you, not to copy what they do, but learn from what they do. I mean, you know, Dylan from, from uh, Michigan, he shared it last night. He often contacts me and, and, and asks me questions about how did we do this and how did we do that and whatever. And he knows, and I know that he knows that, that he doesn't just copy what I say. He prays about it and then he sometimes does something different, but it helps him in his understanding of an issue, of a topic, because culture maybe dictates to do something differently. You know, with the way that America finances run and um, the culture of church, you know, sometimes when I'm in a, a board meeting for Jesus Church in Michigan, I kind of step back and I go, guys, I don't understand your culture around this. So you're going to have to figure it out. <laughs> like, I can't give input in on X, Y, and Z because 
we that's not even an issue for us like we don't even talk about that so you know it, it, it it's it's important to realize that but in in in, in um uh, uh, uh approaching ministry <clears throat> the, the bible shows us it's not for money but there's money involved but it's not for money and that's a, a great motivation it's to fulfill the great commission peter says that he loved what dylan shared about doing life with people opening up our lives to uh, and homes and that's ministry you know, that that's ministry you look at jesus you know um mark matchin said exactly the same thing yeah he called the, the the 12 to be with him that they may be with him and that was the first thing so he called them to do life with him i mean they fished together they walked together they uh, uh, uh slipped you know that they, they, they went camping i'm sure uh, all of this kind of stuff they did what they did together they ministered together they lived together and you know in grace life um that we we're a, a family of churches and uh, we've got seven churches now. We've got one in Eastern Europe and Albania. We've got uh, uh, the rest are scattered throughout uh, Southern Africa or South Africa. And we've got a sister church in, in Zimbabwe. And yeah, between everyone, the one thing that unifies us isn't a piece of paper. Um, the thing that unifies us isn't a, a name only, but it's relationship. We, we really seek to build relationship with each other and, and love on each other. And if someone's having a rough time, we come around them and we minister. I mean, this is basic Christianity, isn't it? Jesus said, you, they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. So it's about love. Okay. So, so, so it's important for us to, 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 to build relationally. I love what Greg Moore says. Uh, he says that the kingdom of God is built on two things. The revelation, the revelation of Jesus, the revelation of the gospel and relationship, <clears throat> relationship with God, which is the hearing from heaven and the relationship with each other. OK, <clears throat> you can't build successful ministry without a revelation and without relationship with God and relationship with other people. I believe that there is a, a valid uh, a place for teaching ministry but i've seen some people try and hide behind teaching ministries because they don't want relationship with people they just want to send someone their teaching tape uh, uh their, their cd their audio their whatever and and the relationship they want is where they send them the partnership every month and and they send the cd every month it's, they don't want the relationship of imparting discipleship walking with and I know that's not maybe the role of a teacher, but we're called to be family. We're called to, 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 to do life together. And you can't do life with everyone, amen? But the, the, the uh, small groups, we're called to do life together. Let me look at the time here. Okay, so Byron says, all the sessions present, presented came down to the same principle according to 1 Timothy 3.15. Be equipped so that we know how to conduct ourselves in the house of God, the church. That's awesome. That's really good. Great observation. Um, Timothy and Sarah say the importance of keeping, uh, of, of keep teaching ourselves. Well, Sarah says that, you know, it's, it's really important that we continue to grow. I know Ben really speaks about that a lot and, uh, and how he will, will take some time out and go and sit in a conference or take some time out and go and sit under another teacher for a while. And I mean, he's in the meetings now receiving. 
you know, because um, he values that and it's an investment into his life, his family's life and the ministry's life. And I take time to do that too. And we need to be humble like that, not think that you know, we're the Mulungu, the, the, the chief, and um, we, are, uh, uh, we don't need to, to, to receive from anywhere. It's good. Yanu says a church plant isn't a church plant if it's not gathering around the gospel. That was a great point that uh, Isaac made yesterday. You know, if, it's, if a church is not gathering around the, a specific message, it's just a social gathering. That was really powerful. Emily says, your personal relationship with God is what stood out for her. And, and amen. You know, if we don't have that in place, then uh, nothing else works. She also said, uh, not growing your church. If you're not growing, your church isn't growing. That's what I said too. And... Um, Ben just put his uh, YouTube um, series there on uh, uh, growing up. And I also, I really highly recommend that um, not right this minute because we're in a conference and that would be rude. <laughs> but go, and, and go, go open up the YouTube clip there and, and listen to the teachings there and, and be blessed by them. Anybody got a question or a comment that you'd like to share? I was just feeling to open up today, commenting on a lot of things that... Um, came from yesterday and just building on it in terms of my story and, and what's taken place. And, you know, if, if I was to answer the question of what are the keys to success? Yeah, I, I believe one of them is what we've been speaking about, relationship. Relationship. One of the things that we'll talk about later is team. You know, make sure you're not, you don't feel like you're the only one. Make sure that you don't feel like everything's on you, but build a team. You know, build a team, make sure that you're investing into other people, take someone with you to that uh, hospital visit, take someone with you to that Bible study, take someone with you when you go and minister at a conference, invest into others, because the ministry needs to live longer than you will. And you can't do everything. You know, that that's definitely one of the major keys to success, which I believe is coming out and will continue to come out in all of this. <clears throat> 